scripture memory verse tonight, Colossians 4, 5, and 6. Walk with wisdom toward those who are outside, redeeming the time. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, so you may know how to answer each one. Colossians 4, 5, and 6. Anybody else? We had, of course, Colossians 4, 5 last week, and we added 6 because it gives us more instruction about how we should be witnessing and acting before those who are outside. Colossians 4, 5, and 6. Anybody? Colossians 4, what? 5 and 6. Oh, what chapter? Colossians 4. Okay. Oh, okay, gotcha. Verse 5 and 6. All right. Find it, John? Yeah, I'll find it. I'll find it. Of course, this has always been our mandate to walk with wisdom toward those who are without, is the King James. I'm not reading You got it? Yes. Yeah. 4, 5, and 6, you mean? I got Chapter it. 4, verse 5 and 6. Five is talking of wisdom toward them. They are without redeeming the time. Let you speak. Be always with grace. Season with salt that ye that may know. I know how you how to how to answer every man. Thank you, John. Yeah, of course, as we talked last week, walking is the word peripateo. It's your general walk, your walk at large, but it's also what you're occupied with. See, what is occupying your time? We are called to be ambassadors for Christ. What is occupying your time in life as you're out there walking? It says to walk with wisdom. And of course, we talked last week, there's a couple, there's two types of wisdom. There's earthly, central, demonic wisdom that we call intellect and people learning and they think they got some wisdom, but it comes from the devil. It, it, it's, not, it's not God's uh, wisdom that comes from heaven, which is peaceable and it's kind and it's full of good fruits. And so he says, walk with wisdom, God's wisdom, toward those who are without, those who are without Christ, those who are outside the gate. If you know Jesus, you've come inside the gate. You've become part of his pastor, part of his sheep, and then redeem the time. It means making the most of the time, making the most of every opportunity. When you meet somebody at the gas pump, when you're going to the store, you're not really going to the store. You're an ambassador for Christ. You're walking outside into this world, into a world that's dying, that are tottering for the slaughter. And the or Christ has called his ambassadors to be a witness. And how do you do that? It says in verse 6, you let your speech. Listen, part of your walk is what you're saying, what you're talking about. You let your speech. Your discourse, it's the word logos. It's something you say, including the thought behind it. It's your communication. It's your reasoning. 
It actually can be translated, listen to me, it can be translated your work. Because in everything that you're doing, whether it's your vocation, whether it's, it's your communication, whether it's your walk, whether you're in, even in your leisure, everything that you're doing, you always have to keep in mind that this is not our home and that we are, we are behind enemy lines. We're pilgrims here. This is not our home. And everything that we do, we represent our homeland. We represent the kingdom of God. We represent the person of Jesus Christ. And how we speak, listen to me, how you speak will always reveal your heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So our speech is the biggest thing that gives us away when we talk. What do we talk about? Well, if we're ambassadors for Christ and we're representing Christ as if Christ is pleading to us, be reconciled to God, then our speech should be about reconciliation. In fact, the King James says in that verse 5, redeeming the time, it means to ransom the time. It means to buy back the time, to rescue from loss the time. It's what Christ did with our very lives. And so we, in our speech, as we're outside, it needs to be always with grace. It's a gospel of grace. We're saved by grace. And I like the acrostic that grace is God's riches at Christ's expense. So everything that our speech is, our walk is, should be about the grace of God. We're looking to impart grace to the listener. We're looking to impart grace to somebody. Now listen, you, you in order to impart grace, you don't have to beat them over the head. You don't have to cut their ear off like Peter did in the garden. But it says seasoned with salt. You ever put too much salt on something? Amen. You ever been, my wife cooked something with salt, and she already put salt in it, and she see me salting it, she goes, don't salt that. And all of a sudden, you got too much salt on it, you don't want to eat it. All of a sudden, there's too much seasoning on it, and you're like, oh. See, now I'm one of those guys that can salt you too much, and it becomes an assault. I can assault you like Lambo. I'm an attack sheep sometimes. Don't mean to be. I just get carried away. Especially if the one who is listening doesn't receive what I'm saying. Now listen, it's something that we can do. We grieve the Spirit. Notice what it says in the rest of it. Uh, listen. Seasoned with salt that you may know how you ought to answer each one. Well, what's he talking about? Listen, there, it's impossible to walk with wisdom toward those who are without <laughs> It's impossible to redeem the time. It's impossible to let your speech be always with grace. It's impossible to season it with salt without the Holy Spirit. Listen, and if you are doing it on your own because of religion, on your own because you want to put a notch in your belt, on your own without the Spirit of God, you do not know how to answer each one. You don't know how to answer each one if you're grieving the Spirit, if you're doing it for the wrong reason. If God hasn't called you to do it, and you begin to season somebody with a lot of salt, you grieve the Holy Spirit. So I want to tell you that the important thing in our walk is witness. The important thing is to remember we're ambassadors. The important thing to remember is that the Spirit of God wants to speak through us and will tell us exactly what to say to others if we'll ask. So when I talk to people, I try to ask. I try to say, Lord, I have no idea what they need, but I'm your vessel. 
Here I am. Speak through me. Use me. I do the same thing when I'm teaching, when I'm preaching. I do my, my due diligence. I go through the text. I learn the text. I pray over the text. I read the text. But then I like to let the Holy Spirit be the one that plows your heart, that plows my heart. In fact, all week long, I prepare, I'm, as I'm preparing for any text, I'm praying that the Lord, I'm asking him specifically, prepare my heart and prepare the hearer's heart so that you will accomplish what you want to do toward those who are listening, Lord. So our speech is the first place. So what's in your heart? Listen, you go out, you're outside, you're outside, uh, and you say, okay, here I am, I'm a witness for Christ, but I forgot to fill up the gas tank. I forgot to ask the Holy Spirit. I forgot to get into the Word. See, because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So whatever is at the top of your heart, that's what you're going to speak. When you hit the wrong nail with the hammer, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth yells something that's wrong. And see, sometimes I look like I'm frustrated. I'm not really frustrated. I just have this sense that I'm frustrated because I'm trying to redeem the time. And sometimes I'm trying to make the most of the time, and I'm doing it in the flesh because I understand the command, but I get out ahead of the Holy Spirit. And anybody can do that. You can do that. I can do that. But listen to me. Are you even concerned about your walk, about your witness, about the lives of others, about the command that God has given us to go. Are you concerned about the grace of God that has appeared? Are you concerned about sharing God's riches at Christ's expense? Are you concerned about seasoning somebody, just lightly salting them? See, because I can't bring somebody to salvation, but I can water them and I can salt them. It's God that brings the increase. He's the one that brings the increase in a person. But as if I'm being led by the Spirit because I'm a child of God, Romans 8, 14, as many as are led by the Spirit, these are the children of God, then he will give me a, a wisdom in how to answer each person. And it's very important that we know that. Jude 22, one chapter in Jude, Jude 22 and 23 um, Tells us, I better just turn there. I know it, but my brain ain't picking it up right at this moment. It's a book before Revelation. It's Jude 22 and 23 after the three baby Johns. He says, and on some have compassion, the bowels of mercy, making a distinction. How do I judge? How do I make that distinction without the spirit of God? 23, but others save with fear pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. Now listen, you have to have some discernment. You have to have the Spirit of God to know with your speech when to save somebody with fear, when to get in their face with the gospel. You have to also know when to have compassion and mercy upon that person and begin to use the bowels of mercy and share with them. The Holy Spirit wants to use you. He wants to use me. He wants to use our vessel, our time. He wants to use our walk. And he wants to give us the wisdom of God to go and share with others. The question is, do we want to obey God? Now, if you want to share with people, I can give you just a small formula. I know there's no formula. 
But when you use the word formula, and this is not original to me, I think it comes from another evangelist. The word formula is how you think about it when you're out there and you go, oh, I just can't share with somebody. You use the word formula. And the F stands for family. So if you're at the gas pump or you're in the store, and I know that the mask makes it more difficult nowadays, but pull it down if you have to. But F stands for family. You just say to somebody, are you from around here? You start to talk to them about family. You from around here? Did your family grow up around here? Are you married? Something about family. You married? Got kids? You just speak to them about family. You let them talk about something that's familiar. And then the second thing is occupation. We're spelling the word formula. Occupation. You work here? You work around here? Where you work at? A simple questions that you open up conversation with somebody at the gas pump. While you're knocking on watermelons in the grocery store. Hey, how you doing? You just, you just share. Because we want to walk with wisdom toward those who are outside. And if they're outside, they're stumbling for the slaughter. They might die when they eat the watermelon. And somebody needs to tell them about Jesus. So occupation is the second one. Oh, I know somebody that works there. You know Jim Bud? You just ask him a name, right? And then R is religion. You slip in a question about religion. You go to church anywhere? You guys, you grow up in church? If they say no to going to church anywhere, say, was you raised in church? You just, you just take them back to their grandma and grandpa who used to take them to church. But you bring up religion. And then you give them the message. You give them the message. And... U-L-A is use love always. So family, occupation, religion, a message. Jesus loves you. He died on a cross for your sins. We're all sinners. You really need to think about taking your family to church somewhere, a Bible teaching church, and use love always. Let your speech be with grace always season with salt that you might know how to answer each one ask the holy spirit because if you're not looking to impart the grace of god if you're not looking to do it with compassion and love and mercy you're going to quench the holy spirit and you're not going to know how to answer them you're not going to have a reason to answer them and really the word answer means to respond that's what it means, just to respond. I was talking with a guy today, and all he wanted to do was keep telling me about science and science and science. And I said, but what if they're lying to you? Oh, well, they're not. I said, well, what if they're deceived and they're just deceiving you? And they're teaching you science because he was like, oh, the world is just so much older than what the Bible says it is. I said, how do you know? I said, would you rather believe God or believe man? But you can only lightly salt and lightly water somebody, you know. So I, here's what I like to do, and you might want to try it too. I like to leave them with an assignment. And so typically, I'll say to them, do you have a Bible? When they're really not wanting to hear it, do you have a Bible? And most people, it's the number one best-selling book in America. They don't read it, but they have one at home. And they typically will say yes. 
You say, well, I'll tell you what. Why don't you just open it up to the book of John, it's one of the Gospels, and just read a couple chapters and ask God what he would say to you. Listen, I'm not trying to get them perfectly saved, but think about it. If you get somebody to pick up a Bible and they're looking at the Word of God, if they're curious, especially in these days we need to walk with wisdom. Listen, they're, they're, they're attacking with fear so bad right now. They're making people hide in their houses. People are scared for their lives. They need answers. And if they only look to man for answers, they're going to get lied to. Even if man doesn't mean to lie to them. Man has been taught lies by the devil because of 1 John 1, 19, 5.19. I know you're of God, but the whole world lies underneath the sway of the wicked one. So everything that we learn, if we're not learning it from the Bible, from God, is tainted by the wicked one. And if you're off one degree, you end up in the wrong place. Listen to me. Ask God to give you wisdom and how to walk toward those who are out. How to make the most of that opportunity. Redeem the time. How can I make the most of it, Lord? Listen, we are called to be ambassadors, to win souls, to go and make disciples, and to share the gospel. And yet, with most Christians, they never, ever share the gospel. And that's the only thing we're called to do, to go and make disciples. It's the only thing we're called to do. It's the only ministry we have, the ministry of reconciliation. But we have to trust the Holy Spirit that if we'll surrender, he's capable of doing it. He's capable of filling your mouth. If you'll fill your heart with your love relationship, if you'll fill your heart with your daily bread, if you'll fill your spiritual soul with the bread of life, I guarantee you, he'll use you for his glory. It's just part of what he does when you have the right things in the body. So walk in wisdom toward those who are without. They're without hope right now. And they need to hear the gospel. Let your speech, what you're talking about, always be with grace. Seasoned with salt. Seasoning makes life taste better. It makes it taste better, but it also keeps it from putrefying from rotting. Salt was used in these days. I don't know if you guys know, it was used in these days to keep meat from rotting. Salt was also used as money. So as he's saying this to them, they're thinking, salt, that's valuable. They would pay people for work with salt because they needed salt to take care of meat that they would kill. They would pay people with salt. And then after the salt was bad, they would throw it down on the path and they would kill the weeds. Listen to me. Jesus is getting ready to part the clouds and take his church home. And our salt, we are salt and light to this world. We're the only moral compass that people have. And they need hope. They need to hear truth. And the church has been successfully silenced all across America. We talk about football. We'll talk about anything except Jesus and his truth. That's why we do scripture memory verse so you can speak to people the gospel. 
But first, you have to have a heart to do that. You have to ask God to give you a desire to do that. And get in the word, prayer, and fellowship and begin to prepare your heart as you surrender to the Holy Spirit and you step out in faith. And God will tell you how to speak to each man, to each person. Next week, we're going to go into what we're into. I'm going to go back into Ephesians chapter 6 because the warfare is so thick, you can definitely cut it with a sword. And if you're out in the store, if you're out in the world, you need the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So we're going to go back and look at the spiritual armor one verse at a time. And the first one is Ephesians 6, 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. You cannot go out and walk in wisdom without the power of His might. You cannot let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how to answer each one without His power, without His might. Not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. And if you're not walking in the spirit, looking to do God's will, then the only default place you're walking is in the flesh. That's the only other place to walk. If you're not looking to do God's will, then you know you're in the flesh. Because he saved us, he filled us with his spirit, he sealed us, he's coming back to get his bride and take us home. But meanwhile, we are to be about our Father's work. Amen. Ephesians 6.10. Amen? Amen.